You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Dot On On our draft series, we are doing the defensive line slash edge rushers. Since, you know, everybody's kind of the same position these days. So we figured to combine, combine all those positions. And uh, pretty intriguing position this year, I would say. There's some, some guys up there that I think could go pretty high. Some guys that have good potential especially for the Patriots, I would say, as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's – this is a position, I think, almost as much as any other, maybe quarterback and receiver, some of the offense. But, like, defensively, what is a guy? How does he fit in your system? Because there's so many guys now, like um, – I'll give you an example. Marlon Davidson, Auburn kid, sort of played defensive end for them, sort of stood up at times as an outside linebacker almost, at six foot three, 303 pounds. Like – what is he coming to the NFL? And some people think he's a first-round pick, that he's a guy that could be a late first-round pick. But, like, what is he going to do? I mean, I find it hard to believe he's going to be a stand-up edge player at 303 pounds. But is he going to immediately transition to becoming Aaron Donald in this, you know, sort of shoot-the-gap defensive tackle? He's as his athleticism. Does he lose something in that transition? So, I think there's a lot of guys, you know, another guy, um, Kinlaw, the kid out of South Carolina, yep. like big, impressive. I'm sure you may have seen it. He was making the rounds with a 2000 pound. Um, I think they call it a belt squat. It's basically yep. a pulley that hangs and you squat with it. And yeah, that's great. He's a freak. No, no question. But how does it translate to the NFL? Yeah. And he's a guy that arrived there at like 350 plus pounds, overweight, out of shape. Like, he talked a lot about it at the Combine. He had to eat well and ride the stationary bike nonstop and, like, all this stuff. And so is he an athlete and or is he a great football player? Like, Derek Brown at the top of the draft, I would have no problem drafting Derek Brown anywhere. I don't yep. think you'll ever regret it. He's kind of um, like the Christian Wilkins from last year. Like, played a lot, played for a long time, very good, versatile, athletic, big, leadership, captain, like all that. Total package. So Derek Brown, sure, slot him in. Yeah, the Everybody best else after that is he had the is best a quote at the combine too. What's that? 
he had oh, the, the quote at the combine. Yeah, he. Well, go ahead. Well, I, I can't remember word for word. Basically, like he, you can get away with killing people on a football field. Right. Which I love the fact that he's a leader and a good dude, but has a little bit of a dark side, maybe a little edge. Like that's perfect. That's right. what you're looking for in a football player. That's you know Rodney Harrison, who's a saint yeah. off the field and a devil on the field. That's perfect. So yeah, Derek Brown. He'll be a top ten pick, no question. Top 10 pick, I think the team will, you know, he may not be a defensive player of the year, so you may regret that, I guess, but I don't think you'll ever regret the pick as like, oh, he's a bust or he's a bad dude or anything like that. Right. So uh, where they fall in after that is a question. Yes. Um, a lot of people think Kinlaw could be the next in line, and I think a lot of that is based on, you know, I'm trying to look real, 6'5", 324, so just like the pure size, yep. athleticism. you know. In the old days, if the Patriots were still a true sort of three four team base defense, he looks like that. He he there's a couple of guys like that that are built like that Richard Seymour defensive end five technique lineup over the tackle. Um and Kinlaw could be that. I I don't know what he is. He's inconsistent. Um he's definitely explosive, definitely powerful, definitely all the upside is there. I just feel like he could be one of those guys who gets drafted eh, eh, for a couple of years. Then he realizes, oh, wait, there's a contract coming and could have like a really good uptick, gets in great shape, gets a contract, and then eh, and eh. balloons back up. Yeah, I just – I don't trust him. He also had that quote at the Combine that was weird to me. It's it's crazy how humble I am or something like that. And I yeah, was like, which, yeah. you saying that, that that's it's not how that good. works. Yeah. So that bothered me a little bit. I just, I don't know. He rubbed me the wrong way and he rubs me the wrong way in terms of I wouldn't, I'd be scared to hell to pick him early, but somebody's going to pick him in the top half of the first round. Uh, some good intriguing edge guys too, that will probably go in the first round, probably towards the middle to end, not top 10, but I think you get some good value on some of those guys there. You looked at it. Well, I mean, Chase Young is the. Oh yeah. We skipped over him. Yep. Which, you know, who might be the best player in the draft and, you know, the I know Joe Burrow is probably going to go one to the Bengals, but a lot of people think just pure talent. Chase Young is great. Um, certainly has that ability. I've seen comparisons to like Julius Peppers and various people like that. Um, he's he's a great player. Like, could probably play the run a little bit better, but as a pass rusher in a pass first league. And I think, you know, the whole thing he skipped, if you remember him talking about skipping the combine because he's not training for the combine, he's training to be the best football, football player. player. Um, I think some places that will really resonate and get eaten up. Um, but yeah, he's probably going to go two overall to the Redskins and I would pencil him into the pro bowl. I'd pencil him in for double digit sack seasons. He's yep. pure playmaker. Yeah. I would have no fears of taking him either. Really. I mean, I know he had that little stupid, whatever it was, loan money suspension. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't? I don't really care. I'm fine with that. If you're an elite athlete, this happens. He sold himself well at the combine. We spoke. I thought he handled his interview well and sort of won over a lot of people and gave across a, a good vibe that some 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 people don't do that, but he did. Right, and he I think he walks that line like they all do. Of he knows he's the best. He wants you to know he's the best, but he's not cocky or a jackass or anything like that. Um, and you know, in this time where people are talking about, oh, you can't do visits and you can't do this, and how do you get to know a guy? I would have no fears from what I've seen from him of, of him being a franchise type, you know, build around defensive player, defensive player of the year type candidate down that road of Bradley Chubb and Miles Garrett and whoever these people you want to say teams build around. 
uh, I think people should be very comfortable building around Chase Young. But yeah, you look, um, looking some of the, the D tackle types um, that might be more Patriots related. Um, I don't really think this is a first round position for them, even though I think you could argue the need. Oh, definitely could. Um, I mean, you've leaned on, I wrote this today on the website for the little positional snapshot. You've leaned on Lawrence guy to be the guy in the middle for a couple of years now. And he's, he's carried the load. He's been very good, I think, but who's How like, long is that going to continue for? Yeah. As a, I mean, he came here as sort of a journeyman veteran free agent signing. You've gotten really good value, but you know, you probably should have been leaning on Malcolm Brown, but that didn't pan out. No. Um, Dominic Easley for that matter. What's that? Dominic Easley for that matter. Dominic Easley, yeah. So it's probably time to consider, you know, you have Adam Butler. He's fine. Byron Cowart. I don't know what you really think the upside would be there. Bo Allen, who they just signed. But Bo Allen, to me, is sort of like Lawrence Guy. Like, he may be fine. You know, I've read some good things about him and blah, blah, blah. But but I also read good things about Mike Pennell, and he didn't even make the team, and he was gone. So. I don't know that you want to invest at 23 in a interior oh, no. defensive lineman, but I think you could invest in the second round or, you know, in the last podcast, we talked about that sort of 87 to 125 where you have four picks there. Defensive line, I wouldn't rule out in that area to add a guy with some upside that you think can be a starting caliber player. Um, you know, we should probably throw in the more ends, but, you know, Derek Rivers didn't pan out. Yep. And um, Dietrich Wise is – is what he is at this point. I don't know what that is. It's not a high-end player. It's not a guy you're building around long-term. So you can certainly argue that there's a need on the defensive line with this team. Um, But if you look in the middle, one guy that jumps out to me, and I know we always fall victim to these pipeline prospects out of schools with Belichick connections, blah, blah, blah. But Raekwon Davis out of Alabama, six foot six, 3'11". Another guy looks like Richard Seymour, sort of built in that long mold of, you know, Big body, but athletic. Um, was all SEC in 2017. Had like eight and a half sacks. Was dominant. And then kind of petered out. Never really got that back for the next couple of years for Alabama. He seems like one of those value guys where Belichick said, if he had come out two years ago, he would have been a first-round pick. He still has that talent. He has the measurables. He has the size. I can get this guy in the third round, the fourth round, probably third round. Um, so he'd be a guy coming out of that system. Now, I do know. You know, we've talked about McKinley and some of the other Alabama guys. It's the Patriots. It's weird. I think they like Alabama players in one sense, but they think when they arrive in the NFL, they're maxed out. They've gotten the most out of them. To some degree, they've had the crap kicked out of them by Saban over the years. Some of them have injuries, wear and tear. Right. And I know sometimes they're hesitant. But again, if you think he's a first round value, Raquan Davis, or first round athlete type player, and you get him in the third, fourth round, I think there's good value. I think another guy like that is Richard Lawrence out of uh, LSU, 6'2", 308, um, team captain, sort of played D-end for them, sort of was an outside guy, probably, again, like Marlon Davidson is going to have to sort of move more into the interior at times. Um, But I think he's a guy with a lot of upside, had a knee injury, um, but I think he's, as a third-round pick, let's say, I think you could, again, we're leaning on our LSU connections here. I mean, uh, our SEC connections here, but I think Rashard Lawrence is another guy. Um, Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma, I think is a mid-round guy that would make some sense. 6'2", 304, 
uh, ran a four seven nine forty at the combine for a three hundred and whatever pound guy, three hundred and four pound guy. Like I just said, um, he's an interesting guy. I don't think he's great, but I think he could be Malcolm Brown. Like I don't think I didn't think Malcolm Brown was great. <laughs> but you need, but you need a team needs some of those Malcolm Brown type guys. You you need right. something like that. And when you get Malcolm Brown in the first round, he needs to be better than that. When you get right. Malcolm Brown in the third or fourth round, that's fine. That's, fine. that's what you're looking for. Um, so Neville Gallimore, I think, is another guy. Um, some of the other, you know, the Fotu kid, I think that's how you say it, Fotu, Fotu uh, the Utah kid, um, massive, 330 pounds. The problem is when you watch him, he kind of plays and wants to play like a smaller guy. Like I don't know that he really wants to just be – a space-eating nose tackle type, a, a stout interior run defender. I think he wants to be a little bit more athletic and make plays. And and I don't know – in fact, I don't think that is his future. He needs to sort of settle into who he is. You're 330 pounds, be a fire hydrant, take up blockers. Um, but I've seen him sort of sent to the Patriots. And then the guy I really like in the mid-rounds is um, Devon Hamilton, Ohio State. 6'4", 320, uh, good all around. I think he has good hands, good feet. Good size, average athlete, but that's what you get with a fourth-round defensive tackle. Um, I think he's a really interesting guy. And then I sort of was just pondering in my head, having played for Shiano, you know, maybe that helps the transition, the scouting report. I don't know exactly how that might bring value to him, but um, I think that's an interesting part of it too. So I would say the D-tackle position is a spot they wouldn't take at 23, but is more of the mid-round tier area. But – at edge rusher, I wouldn't be surprised if they do take a guy at number 23 if a guy that is there they really like is still available. And there's going to be, theoretically, top guys there. You know, after you get past, you know, Chase Young's going to go two. Um, certainly Derek Brown as a D lineman is going to go early. Then it's sort of going to be one of those, you know, beauties in the eye of the beholder up to interpretation and fit. Um, and the sort of the group of AJ um, – Epanessa, uh, out of Iowa, um, 6'5", 275. Uh, Yeto Gross out of Penn State. None of these guys can have easy names. And Kalevon Chason, uh, out of LSU. The three guys with the tough names, I, I think. I was going to say, that, that's, that should be their uh, classification, the tough name group. Right, and they're all, I think, going to be considerations sort of from 20 to 35, somewhere right. in there. Probably all three of those guys will go. And like I said, it's up to the interpretation. One team could have those, one of those guys at 20, and another team could have them at 35. It's kind of based on how you see that player fit your team. And if I had to go with one, I think I'd go with the Epinesa kid out of Iowa. Um, he's nothing, like, great. And I know that sounds weird, but, like, I don't know that he does anything at a great level, but pretty strong, pretty athletic, pretty quick, pretty good motor, like, sort of the combination of skills, I think, make him decent. Um, I think he has, like, starting caliber upside. Nothing's going to wow you. But then, like, I mean, maybe Lawrence Guy. Like, yep. Now, again, the difference is Lawrence Guy wasn't a first-round pick. So, right. But I also think if you've got the production Lawrence Guy brings from a first-round defensive tackle, you might be okay with it a late round, late in the first round. Um, I think the the upside for the uh, Gross Matos kid is probably the highest. I think he's kind of risen the boards in the last month or so. Because he's, you know, I saw somebody call him boomer bust. Like, he has that. Uh, by the way, all these guys have tragedies. I don't know how much research you've done. They all have these hellacious tragedies. 
I think he's yeah, he's the one. The uh, the uh, Gross Meadows. He yeah. and his dad fell out of a boat. His dad drowned, died, and then his younger brother, I believe it was, was hit by lightning and killed playing little league baseball. What? Like yeah, like Jesus. How many times can like tragedy strike one family? And there's another one. Um, the the Chase on kid. His father was actually a linebacker at Baylor, and the father's girlfriend shot him or something. Like a lot of deaths in these. Um, prospects this year which i don't i don't really care for makes for good features though if we actually draft them yeah well they wouldn't be allowed to talk though so that's probably well maybe if you get them that very first night like before they really know that they can't talk yeah before they do that conference call right after drafted so make sure you nail that i'll probably be on the radio but make sure you nail those questions um you and trags trags will get some of those uh touchy-feely answers out too um but yeah so that group uh chase on gross matos epinesa uh, I think I would take Epinesa. I actually think Chason, he's 6'3", 254 out of LSU. I think he's more of sort of a stand-up kind of edge guy, outside linebacker type. He played a lot of two-point stance there. Um, he's a little bit skinny. I also didn't love from him. Felt like a lot of his success was on, like, slants and twists and stunts. and Nothing that he, like, did for himself. Yeah, I'd like to see him just, like, win one-on-one a little bit more often. And I think Epinesa does that a little bit more um, in a different way, but he kind of does it. So, but, yeah, I think that group of guys is where you could see um, the Patriots. And, the, oh, there's another guy that the uh, Uche, we'll keep it with the tough names, uh, Josh Uche out of Michigan, um, probably a third-round pick, uh, He's okay. I think he's, again, he's more like the chase on tweener, outside linebacker, edge guy, probably even a situation. I'm not sure he's an every down type player um, because he's a little undersized, 6'1", 245. Um, And then a name that has been very popular to the Patriots at times, seems like maybe it's tailed off a little, Zach Bond, the kid out of uh, Wisconsin. I think he's a pure outside linebacker. Um, You know, I saw – one comparison might have been NFL.com. Lance Zerling, he's very popular these days at WEEI. Um, he's uh, there was a Kyle Vanoy comp for him, and obviously the Patriots lost Kyle Vanoy and could use that guy. Now I don't know if they're, you know, John Simon is still sort of in that mold in that area in that mix. Um, but Zach Bond uh, is a, uh, a an impressive athletic playmaker. Uh, I, I again a linebacker in my opinion. He's basically a linebacker, but he's in this edge mix that I think they will tap into. Uh, I think if you get Bond later in the draft, I like him. I don't really like him as a first-round pick. Do you think the Patriots have that need to take one of these guys in the first round of 23? Well, okay, so let's, like, reverse engineer it, as Mike Lombardi likes to say. So I think we feel pretty good about Bentley playing, right? Yep. Then we feel pretty good about Hightower playing. Yep. I kind of like John Simon to some degree. He's one of those sort of Lawrence guy types in a way. Just does his job. Isn't like sexy or anything like that. But just he's not like a guy that's going to have 10 sacks and 100 tackles. But he's a guy that you can count on. Right. So then you need like one more player basically that was in the mix from last year. It's not the biggest need. Again, if I can hit it. I keep saying this in that sweet spot in the middle of the draft where I have a bunch of picks and I'm, you know, even if I trade up a little bit to get late in the second round, but that sweet spot in the middle of the draft, I think this is one of those positions. Like it's not tight end. 
you know, that's the position we keep coming back to. Tight end is a, you have to find some players somehow, some way, overdraft if you have to, trade if you have to. I wouldn't put linebacker quite on that level. In fact, I mean, depending on what you think of Hightower, how long he's around for, um, well, I guess it's similar. You do need to add, I was thinking like comparing it to safety where you have McCordy and Chung and some age there. But you know, linebacker is another one where you're a year away from it being a must-have position. It might not be must-have right now, but you're probably about a year away from it being must-have. Um, I guess what's your, later in the draft, like I could see them taking both these positions too, just because sort of like we talked about in another podcast with offensive linemen, you just need to have these guys around. And if one pans out, great. Um, but if you're taking a guy in the fifth, sixth round, you're not totally counting on it, but it would obviously help. Right, and they will do that because that's also where you get your special teamers and guys that could come in right away and compete on special teams and then, you know, end up as defensive players. Yeah, they will definitely, you know, I've been doing like on the little uh, positional breakdowns on the website, percent that they'll take the guy at 23. I, I don't like, I don't think this is very high. This is in the teens maybe, depending on who's there. Um, but will they take one in the draft and maybe two? Yes, I think they will take athletic, defensive, front seven type guys, probably three or four of them when you mix in a defensive tackle, sort of a defensive end, and then a linebacker, and then maybe one overlap of those positions. Like I could see four, four guys in that group in that front seven on defense with some of them the expectation they're going to probably start on special teams. Like I saw, I forgot the name, Reese threw one guy out there in his Sunday notes and was sort of emphasizing that he blocked a bunch of kicks and, you know, he could start out as a kick blocker in the NFL, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think those types of things will come into play. I'm also going to be interested to see draft wise, how this year's whole, you know, the lack of the diamonds in the rough because of no pro days and guys from smaller schools going to bigger pro days and all that, how that alters that, like bottom of the draft, bottom of the roster, special teamers slash developmental defensive players, um, you know, the Keon Crossens of the world, the Malcolm yeah. Butlers of the world. I think it's going to be interesting if they maybe fall through the cracks a little bit more this year or if Bill puts less importance on it and just says, you know what, I'm going to draft guys with starting upside more than special teamers. I'm going to draft big school guys, guys I know from Alabama. Oh, you know, Nick told me that they're back up this or – their third that was good you know I'll take a flyer on one of those guys like they did with Matt Castle when he was a backup quarterback out of USC I'll be interested to see and we, I don't know that you'll never know because Bill will never really tell you but as you read the tea leaves on how he uses these draft picks maybe we'll be able to sort of piece together the mosaic as he would say of how he did it before we end this one give me a guy if they were to take a guy at 23 of this group who would you take um assuming it sort of falls and there's no freakish like, Oh my God, somebody's available. You didn't, yeah. uh, I think I would go with uh, Epinesa from Iowa. Iowa. I like Iowa kids. I, I think Iowa is a good program. I don't mean to play well, the Bill has a respect for them too, because of the Ferentz connection. Right. And I mean, this is a guy that he has sacks. He had back to back 10 sack years. And I think that may mislead people to think that he's going to be a, a pass rusher sack guy in the NFL. I don't think he'll be that. But I think he could be a very good, versatile defensive lineman with, you know, can kind of play end, can kind of play tackle, can play in sub-situations. I think he has a lot of versatility. I, You know, I think somebody in one of the draft sites that I was reading 
said with his hands and his technique and his versatility, he kind of looks like a Patriot. Yeah. And I, I kind of agree. Like, I think he has all the tools to be a, in the old days, I don't know where he would have played in the three, four, where it was like Vince Wilfork, Richard Seymour, Ty Warren, but in the modern Patriots defense, where there's some two gapping, but it's more about being multiple and being able to move around the front and things of that nature. I think Epinesa would be a good fit. So he's the guy I'm going to go with at 23 if they take one. All right, so we'll, that wraps up this one. Later in the week, we will have uh, – we'll figure out how it goes, but linebackers and defensive backs. We might, we might be grouped them all together. We'll see how it all plays out. But we'll be more defensive talk coming. Yes, more defensive talk, more interesting players, um, and guys that will be in the mix for 23 potentially. It's a couple linebackers, Murray and Queen. And we'll talk about Isaiah Simmons, maybe one of the more versatile guys in the draft, who I don't think I like quite as much as other people do. Um, and then always, you know, cornerbacks and some of the, the true safeties. There's a lot to talk about in the back end. All right. We'll talk to you uh, later in the week. Thanks for listening. Peace out.